Ah, David. Hello, Graham. I knew you'd be here. I always am. Hey, let me ask you a question. Okay. What has five toes and isn't your foot? What has five toes and um, an extra large fork? My foot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Did you make that one up? Um, no, <laughs> I found it. Your, did one of your kids make it up? Nope. A stranger made it up? A stranger made it 3. up. 3.5. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> okay, I, I got one for you. All right, let's hear this. What do you call a magician who loses his magic? A guy. Ian. <laughs> I, okay. This, uh, that's good. <laughs> I still think mine's, you know, hovering around an eight or a nine. <laughs> but. I, I mean, it is hovering around an eight or nine. It's like a number. It's all relative. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. I'm going to give yours a six. Oh, okay. That's nicer than you, I normally get from you. 6.5. Oh, that's great. I like that one. That was good. Not bad, huh? I'm going to put that in my joke vault for later use. <laughs> it can't hopes that I perhaps forget that I used this one and then you can yeah. use it on the in podcast. In a few years, I'll Season pull, five or something. I'll just pull it out and ask you and see if you remember. You know what? Enough of the nonsense. Let's get on with the nonsense. Welcome back to Withy Windle, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes, featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's Park Book Club, Park Game Show. It's your weekly adventure through the wild world of wordplay. I am David Kern. And I am Graham Pittman. Still? Still. Oh, well, that's nice. I wake up every morning and I check. Sure enough. Still the same. You know, that's good for me because if you weren't Graham Pittman... I'd be really confused when we got onto this podcast. True, It would yes. be super confusing and maybe even more confusing for the guests. Yeah, agree. And then even more confusing for the audience. Yeah, it, I mean, it's bound to happen at some point. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see. You never know what you're going to discover and when you go out your door. So we are here for Season 3, Episode 2 of Weedy Windle. We have a very special guest. Do you think he is still who he was when we interviewed him? I I hope so, because I like Tim Probert. Tim Probert seems like a great guy. He was a great interview, and he writes great books. You want to mention the books that, that he writes before we dive into the rest of this episode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wrote uh, one of my favorite graphic novels of the last few years, Lightfall. And there's a second one's coming out later this month. I cannot wait. Approximately... 16, 17 days, something like I that. I got to find a bookstore to buy this from. <laughs> hmm. Maybe one that has a troll? Do you go to bookstores that don't have bookstore trolls, or is that like against your principles? Um, I am sure I do frequent them. I'd prefer not to, but it's, I don't really, it's hard for me to ask, you know, the owner. That's it's true. Like awkward. You don't want to be like, hey, do you have a bookstore troll? And they're like, no. And then you leave. You know, it just feels that, weird. That's true. So. If you, it would be. You know, I also wonder how many bookstores know that they have a troll because I've just assumed that all bookstores have trolls. Mm-hmm. It's just how many bookstore owners are brave enough to put up with and converse with the troll. Right. Not everyone's up for that. Well, who do, if they if they are in denial that they have a troll, who do they think keeps messing up their their shelves and putting things in the wrong places? The customers? I don't, yeah, I mean Come on. No. Come on. Only a troll would do that. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk to Tim Prower in a little bit. Uh, at the end of the show, we are going to give the answer to last week's riddle. Mm. And then, Graham, you've got a new riddle for us, right? I do. And then, in the meantime, we have three segments. 
the usual segments plus the new segment. We've got snack time in about 30 seconds. Then we're going to do our lazy word. Ah, yes. And then we're going to do book time. And we're going to talk about the first two chapters of The Phantom Tollbooth. Uh, scale of one to seven million. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about reading The Phantom Tollbooth these first two chapters? That's a strange scale, but this is a strange book. Um, I, I've got to go high. At, at least 60 million. Out of 70 million. That seems fine. That seems good. What, yeah. 65 million? Yeah, there you go. 70 60, million. Just just go all in. Just go all in. So we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Before we get to Lazy Word, though, we got to talk about snacks. Because that's what we do. We talk about how we're eating snacks, and we make all the kids who are listening jealous. Somebody's got to do it. That's true. Somebody in the world needs to talk more about junk food. We we are taking up the mantle of junk food discussion, podcast junk food discussion, because no one else is doing it. I see uh, a selection here. I'm going to let you talk about it in a minute, but um, I see a conspicuous lack of Girl Scout cookies, which makes me think you ate all the Girl Scout cookies, didn't you? Well, when you took the icing with you and left me nothing but cookies... I figured when you come back next week, there won't be any cookies. Oh, for you. I see. Oh, I see. Oh, this is how it's, this but, is how it is. But then I felt bad about it, so then I went and bought chocolate chip cookies. I see those there. Yeah. So we have some Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies. Ooh. We also have an Entenmann's lemon loaf, mm-hmm. which are two great Entenmann's snacks. If and, you're not familiar with the Entenmann's, you should become familiar with the Entenmann's. Is this a family run? Uh, snack organization i believe it actually was i mean i think they got sold by somebody but then Mm -hmm. they the man who sold it who apparently recently died he went back and ran the original bakery that he originally opened so i you know as far as you know store-bought cookies store-bought baked goods donuts and so forth entenmann's pretty good pretty good yeah their tagline is it comes in a box is it no oh (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and uh, snack on these chocolate chip cookies, which they're kind of like Chips Ahoy. Yeah. yeah and you good. brought a lemon loaf, mm-hmm. and I'm actually drinking peach tea. So we have kind of a fruit. fruit we theme. have our fruit um, uh, portion. Yeah, true. Here. Are this you is, a fruit guy? This is a healthy. This has now become a healthy That's snack right. time. It's a lemon loaf. It's it's a healthy. I am. I am. A, I love fruit. Do you love fruit? Oh, uh, definitely. Okay. So let's talk about our favorite fruits just for a minute. So I've actually, I've got, I, I think about this, I wouldn't say often, but I think about this enough. Uh, hourly? I, I like to like organize my, the foods that I like. Oh yeah. Um, People don't do that. I do so that. So with fruit, th- these are my categories. These aren't the correct categories, <laughs> okay. but there's different kinds of fruit. Mm-hmm. And some people are, are going to gravitate toward one of these kinds. Furry fruits. Well, I suppose. This, oh, I you mean, don't, okay, all right. You, you, do it. you do it. You do it. Okay, so I've got like the citrus. Okay. Right? Yep. Lemon, lime, orange. Yep, grapefruit. Some people love citrus. Mm-hmm. You've got um, the droops or stone fruit. So you got your peaches, your plums, mm-hmm. right? You've got palms, which are like apples and oranges. You've got melon, mm-hmm. which are like melon. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> got it. Like, and like you got, for example, watermelon. And you got berries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm assuming there's a bunch more. That Where I does a pomegranate does. fall into this for you? Oh, I don't know. Is it is a it droop? Like a, is it a palm? Is it a palm? Because it's a pomegranate? I would think. So I brought up this into conversation. You've asked me one question. I already don't know the answer to <laughs> <laughs> So what's your favorite? Uh, my f- I, I'm not a huge citrus person, but I do like lime. 
a, a lot. But mm. orange and lemon, I can you know, take you it or leave it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would do without. Come on. Well, I mean, what, yeah, I mean, if you were a pirate, you'd have to have citrus. <laughs> I like stone fruits a lot. I like peaches. And oh, I love peaches. And, yeah. You know, it's tough because it's all about getting the fruit at the best time, right? When it's perfectly like the most ripe. Oh, so yeah. for me, it's like, what's the peak fruit that you love the best? What's the best version yeah, of the, the best yeah, fruit? Yeah. Like of all the best versions of fruits, because, you know, you can get apples kind of year round. They're okay. But when you get a great one, you get an apple like in August or September and they're at their peak. It's, and it's that's made the, into a donut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see what you mean by fruit now. Okay. But what's your like peak fruit favorite? I, I actually, I love like the best version of an apple. I think is kind of great where it's just, it's kind of tart, but kind of sweet. Mm. And it's got the right crunch, yeah, crunch yeah. texture, yep. but I, I would say a peach as well, but I love raspberries too. So we're coming up on uh, strawberry season here in the South. Mm. And when you can get truly fresh, beautiful strawberries from like the market stand or something like that. Yeah. It's hard for me to beat, you know, fresh strawberries, and fresh peaches. I mean, those are the best. But on the other hand, I do really love, you know, it's July, it's super hot. You just crack open a watermelon. You just crack it. one open. Yeah, you just throw it on the ground. You just throw it on the ground. And you just stick your face into it like a pig. <laughs> and then you try to fit the rind into your mouth and yeah. run around scaring your sister. Every single part of this is completely accurate, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's hot and you get that that watermelon that's it's got that, it's fresh and it's flavorful yeah. and that's that that's just a good summer experience at least from you know here in the south i think yeah uh, yeah you're hitting on something great and it, and it's so hot down here and that that fruit is mostly water yeah exactly it's you're getting perfect. hydrated okay <laughs> la last thing on this okay are you a swallow the seed kind of guy or a Specific, for watermelon or spit it out or as like far as you i'm can. eating an apple core watermelon <laughs> Yeah, I'm not asking you to swallow the peach pit. I'm okay, talking okay. about the watermelon. Do you, are you? Well, I do. I am. You know, I do love a good peach pit. Um, <laughs> with watermelon, uh, I don't. It doesn't bother me. Like I'll eat them, and then, but mainly because I'm in hopes that one day I will be able to like actually grow watermelon. Uh, right. That's a hope, not a fear. It's just a curiosity. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to spit those seeds. Every single one of them, white, black. Yeah. Now gone. you don't care. Now I just chomp them all up. I'll even gnaw on that rind for a little while. <laughs> well, it's been in a different place than I expected. Well, this has been snack time. Brought to you by fruit. <laughs> <laughs> this has been snack time where we normally talk about candy, but instead we wanted moms to not be mad at us anymore. <laughs> oh, I forgot the one another fruit. I'm drinking a oh, cherry Coke. Cherries are, oh man. We forgot about cherries. Cher are those a berry or a I, droop? I think they're droop. They're not a berry. They're droop. Cherries, honestly. Oh man, that's a tough one. Cherries, cherries. the best cherries. You, get a, yeah. you and me have traveled a lot together. Yeah, we you buy get that them. bag of cherries yep. at, the, at the right time of the year. Put them in the center console. And it's, it's like eating Skittles, right? Except you have to spit the pit out. But if, yeah, if you're so inclined. Right. Um, <laughs> you just chomp on it. We know. We go. Uh, yeah, we. we that's funny. That's that might be the my favorite fruit. It might be your favorite fruit. We forgot. We completely forgot. We forgot until you looked at your Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> irony. I believe they call that irony. All right. You know what? Let's get on to the lazy word segment. All right. 
Lazy words. Lazy words. I don't know why I'm doing scary lazy words. It should be more like lazy words. I think your default is scary, and that second one was scarier. (laughs) Lazy words. As you remember, this is the segment where we identify lazy words. Words that we think are funny based on their overall laziness. And we're talking about the laziness of the person who named this object, this word. Yeah, this idea. We don't necessarily want to insult anybody who came up with the word, but we also want to accuse them of being lazy. So, you <laughs> know, take true. it how you will. This is true. And this segment, um, we got a lot of feedback on it. People Positive? Are, people are pro-lazy word segment. Pro-lazy words, okay. So last That's time... Good. We uh, last time we brought up roller coaster, yes, as a just a mismatch of two words that describe what the thing does, and they're not even the good words. Did we get some suggestions for a better name for this? Of course, we did. Well, because so, we got the best listeners. Uh, Charlotte and Isaac think it should be called the zipper zoomer. Z- zip, seriously, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yep, and sorry, I didn't uh, mean to yell, I just got so excited. We got uh, uh, Charlotte and Natalie and Amanda think it should be called a loopy twister. A loopy twister. That's great. And the Jansen family, which is Maria, Joseph, Gabriel, John Paul, Giorgio, Gemma, and Benedict all conspired together to come up with these words. The super looper. Super looper. Good. That's a good one. That's a great one. The sit and roll. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) And here's a great one from Anastasia and Jude. They think it should be called a whippy cue. A whippy cue? Because it whips you around in a curly cue fashion. A whippy cue? Those are good. I know. These are all better than roller coaster. (laughs) They are. We're we're doing... um, We're doing the world a service uh, is what we're doing. A big service. Okay, do you have a new word for us? A new lazy word? Yeah. So so this week's word... (laughs) um, We're already laughing. Particularly lazy one. Okay. They're all particularly lazy. This one also is particularly lazy. Inside of your house, some people's houses, mm-hmm. lots of people's houses, mm-hmm. there is a place where you start a fire. The bathroom. That is not it. It's n- no, this is a place where you start a fire. The television. It's the oh, fireplace. Oh. Yep, that's, that is pretty lazy. Let's just sit in silence for a minute as we all contemplate that... The place where you start the fire, they have dis- we've all collectively decided, should be called the fire place. <laughs> yeah. How long? Pretty ridiculous, huh? That is, that is pretty silly. Fireplace. 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 Well, yeah. What's that? What's we just that accepted thing? that. What's that the thing year, over there like called that warms your house? Hundreds of, of years, people just have accepted this. <laughs> the fireplace. Yeah, so... Let's do the world of service. We need we need you listeners to come up with a new name for fireplace. I was thinking the crackle spot. <laughs> the crackle spot. <laughs> oh, you got okay. one off the top of the noggin? Let's see. Okay, so we got uh, the fireplace is a place where you put the fire, you light the fire. You, yeah. um, Think about like heat or light yeah. or... It's got to be something about how it's got to be the... Um, the hot box. <laughs> the hot box? <laughs> oh, that's good. 
But I think all of these are immediately better. Yeah. They're immediately better. Do you think there's any from the movie that, that was that we could have named a roller coaster that also could work for fireplace? <laughs> wispy Q. I the mean, the, Q. The, the flames kind of wisp up. And yeah, I know. Um, it's got. See, you could. You, you gotta like. It's gotta be clear that it's something related to heat or fire or flames. Not necessarily. But it doesn't need to necessarily be called like the place for fire. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of options there. You want to hear my secondary one? Yeah. The Santa slide. <laughs> it's just better. I mean, it's just like unequivocally better. <laughs> All right. We need, we need um, options. So listener, dear listener, podcasts at goldberrybooks.com is where you can send in your replacement for this particularly lazy word. Fireplace. Come on, guys. All right, Graham. That brings us. To the first installment of book time here on season three of Withy Window. Last week, we introduced everybody to Norton Jester. We talked about the Phantom Tollbooth. Are you talking about on the one episode? The, the, the three-th point one, yes. Yeah, okay, I remember now. Um, and now it's time to actually talk about the Phantom Tollbooth. We read the first two chapters of this book in which our main character begins an unusual adventure. And I wanted to ask you a question. This is a book... Full of good words, unlike lazy words. Yeah. So we this we might as well just call this good words. Good words. <laughs> we good might word need segment. a. That sounds like a lazy title. It does kind of sound like a lazy title. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so one thing I'm thinking in this book is we should go through all the words that we like because this is one of those stories that is full of words that are not lazy words. It's just it's just chock full of great words. So. Let's just go through. What are some of the ones that, you, that you've that you seen that you like? In these first two chapters you're talking about. First two chapters. Yeah, we can do this every week. All right. Dejectedly. That's a great word. That's a great one. Phonograph. That's a thing, right? That's a, like, a, like a radio it, type it, thing. It right? is a noun, yes. Mm. I like how he, the names, of course, like Dictionopolis. And the, the pun on the word weather, of course. How about doldrums? Which, of course, Great. is also a place, but it's a word. Great word. Wistfully. Have you ever been in the doldrums? I have been in the doldrums. Have you ever been wistful? I have been wistful. Not in the doldrums, though. Can you be wistful and in the doldrums at the same time? <sighs> it would take some effort. <laughs> in some ways, it seems like this book is about being wistful in the doldrums. It's interesting. Conciliatory. That's a good one. Great word monotonous Ooh, monotonous that's a good one monotonous has four o's in it fun and, fact and it goes consonant o consonant o consonant o consonant o u.s <laughs> that's that is that's that's fun see words are like weird puzzle like stories all at one time there's like a game in every word quizzically Quizzically is a wonderful word, and I think any word that has a Q and a Z in it is a good word. Yeah, agreed. Effusive. Ooh. Effusive is a good word. Effusive. That's one of my favorite words, actually. It's just got, like, all the great... It's got great sounds to it. So, one of the things we're noticing right away is how fun and unusual this book is. When did you first read this? Uh, I think I was probably 10 or 11, and, like, instantly fell in love from the first chapter. Hmm. Because, well, I don't know why. I'm, I'm just saying because. Uh, it seems like it makes what sense. What I feel like perhaps, so not because, but perhaps, <laughs> it's because Milo is a character maybe a lot of kids see themselves mm. in 
or at least what he experiences in the first chapter is very relatable. You also, as a child, got whisked off to expectations? Uh, no, before that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we, we first meet Milo, and he is not paying very much attention to anything. <laughs> True. Uh, he's not noticing how nice it is outside. He's walking dejectedly home from school, thinking that, you know, school's a little bit of a waste of time. Why do I have to learn all this stuff? Um, I'm, you know, I'm never going to need it. He's got... Um, when he's someplace, he wants to be someplace else. And then when he's finally at that someplace else, he wants to be some, somewhere else. So he's always kind of looking at the next thing and, uh, he's in a little bit of a malaise. Hey, that's a good word. That is a good word. Logan, do that sound. Make sure that sounds on there. Yeah. Graham came up with that word all by himself. It wasn't even in the book. So in page 11, it says that as he and his unhappy thoughts hurried along, For while he was never anxious to be where he was going, he liked to get there as quickly as possible. It seemed a great wonder that the world, which was so large, could sometimes feel so small and empty. And worst of all, he continued sadly, there's nothing for me to do, nowhere I'd care to go, and hardly anything worth seeing. He punctuated this last thought with such a deep sigh that a house sparrow singing nearby stopped and rushed home to be with his family. (laughs) It's quite the sigh. You know you've... You got quite the sigh on. Birds are <laughs> exactly concerned when birds <laughs> when birds are running away from you. So, but but we do get like he got a kid that's a little bit bummed out here. Beginning of yeah, this book. and he's looking around his room when he gets home, where he wanted to be. I'm assuming when he was at school, um, but he gets back to his house and he sees all the toys, the balls, the bats, the bits scattered around him, uh, right next to the phonograph. It's like all this stuff that he surrounded himself with, but he doesn't care to use hmm. or learn how to use like yeah. some of the other stuff. It seems like he doesn't actually have a lot of reasons to be sad, but that doesn't mean that he isn't sad and a little bit in that malaise. And I think that's mm. kind of cool because that's true of all of us sometimes, yeah. right? That's true when you're a kid or an adult, you know that you have cool things, whether it's toys or books or friends or whatever, but that doesn't mean that sometimes you don't feel a little bit down in the dumps. Yeah. And I, I think he, I think, um, old Norton Juster. <laughs> old Nort. We should old call, we, should, we need a nickname for him for these next episodes. NJ? Old, N- old, old, Nort. old Nort. Old Nort. Old Nort, like Old North. We'll keep workshopping it. All right, cool. On air. <laughs> <laughs> right. As the weeks go by. Old Nort, I think he's painting a picture of a person who has sufficient um, things in his life to make him happy, but maybe lacks the effort or imagination Mm. to get there. Sometimes you need to be reminded, too, that those things exist. Maybe sometimes something different or strange needs to happen to you. Like being whisked off to a different place, such as expectations followed by doldrums? Maybe something like that. Do you... um, want to talk about the spider that's crawling on the wall behind you no <laughs> what are you serious i mean you got like seven feet i just wanted to point out that there was a spider that you couldn't see <laughs> is that it's it's little it's little you're fine grandma i promise it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay <laughs> that was terrible but you know what but you know that jolted me <laughs> and, and now i feel a little and now energized. your imagination is at work it is, my imagination <laughs> is at work I mean, it could have been worse. He could have said it was a troll. That's true. That's true. Well, but we've also made peace with the troll at this point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so 
as we get into this book, what are you looking for? What are you excited about? What what is the what's kind of piqued your interest? Um, okay, so we've got an unexplained toll booth that just appears, and he kind of accepts that once when he drives through it, and all of a sudden he's in a different land. You know, he's there and he's not like freaking out. He's kind of paying attention and noticing things, noticing how bright and sunny the sky is, noticing the colors of everything. He's he's seeing things and paying attention, which is like different from what what he was originally. And now he's gone and seen some strange things. He's seen a weatherman who's not a weatherman. He's a weatherman. <laughs> he's gone to the doldrums and seen a chameleon-like creatures, not that they're uh, reptiles, but that they can change their color and blend in. And we've got a watchdog here whose body is a watch and likes car rides. So what am I looking forward to? I, I, I don't know. I don't. Whatever's next. Whatever's <laughs> next. I am paying attention, though. Do you, should we talk about some of the puns at all? Of course. Like, On this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense, right? Do you have a favorite? I think we should choose a favorite pun, too. Each each episode, because you know they're going to. Oh, this is this a great idea. So, what's your favorite pun of this segment? Okay, so it's hard to beat the watchdog, uh, in my opinion, because he's he's kind of iconic, at least to me. He's on the cover. Oh, he is on the cover. Um, So, uh, I think watchdog is is really good. What about you? I really like the weather weather one, the weatherman. Yeah. W h e t h e r. And I like it because when I was reading, I actually read this section out loud to my kids while we were doing some stuff. Oh, yeah, they here. like it? Yeah. Oh, they like it, yeah. And and for a second, they looked at me like, what? Because <laughs> they were trying to imagine the words, right? Because it takes you a second to catch on, especially if you're listening and you're not looking at the letters. Right. Um, so those are those are good puns, too, when you think about it for a second. Yeah. Just a second. And then it hits you and you get that, like, grin, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very good at that. Well, this is going to be really fun. Uh, Graham, what are we going to read for next week? Uh, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do two chapters. So chapters three and four. I believe, a couple of these weeks, we're going to do three chapters, but we'll try to stick stick with two just for a little bit here. Graham, I believe that in official Witty Wendell parlance, oh, we have to call it the threeth and the fourth. The threeth and the fourth. That already works. To me. I know. I know. I just wanted to try and try make, my best to switch it, it. Yeah. The threeth and the fourth. <laughs> forests <laughs> all right well we'll do that for next week that brings us to the end of book time we're, we're covering some ground on this episode here graham and that means that it is time for our very special guest tim probert so yeah. i say we take a quick break let's uh, eat some lemon cake let's have a chocolate chip cookie and when we come back we'll introduce everyone to uh, tim probert how's that sound sounds good All right, we've we've consumed some some lemon loaf, and we've consumed some chocolate chip cookies. It's time to talk about Tim Probert. Let's go. You mentioned that he he wrote Lightfall. He's got a second book coming. So this is going to be one of those conversations where we're talking to someone who is both an author and an illustrator. Amazing! It's like a magician. <laughs> it's true. It is or kind an of like, Ian. And he, no, he's not, no an he's not an Ian. He's because not an Ian because he didn't lose his magic. Yeah, he's a he's magician. A ma- he's a magic Ian. <laughs> he's a magic Ian. So he is an illustrator who lives in New York. And uh, Lightfall was his first graphic novel. It came out a couple years ago. That second one is coming out now, uh, this month. And it's called Lightfall, Shadow of the Bird. It's awesome. It's got a blue- I'm all in. So in addition to illustrating books, though, Tim Probert also is an art director for his job. So he's an illustrator 
just in his day job as well, you know, in addition yeah. to, to writing books. Because some authors, you know, a lot of authors still are doing other jobs as well. And his job is to also illustrate for his for his job. Yeah, he's got his writing job and then his other job. And his other job also sounds really cool. And we talked to him yeah, for a little bit about, about that. that. Um, you can go to timprobert.com if you want to learn more about what's going on there. And, of course, check out his books. So with that, what say we kick it over to our conversation with Tim Probert? What say we do? All right, well. Here we are with uh, with our guest, and uh, we we we've got to sort something out here. Um, our guest is named Tim, but he has a last name too, and I felt like we should um, make sure that we know exactly how to say your last name because on the surface it could be, you know, Probert, mm-hmm. but also you know maybe it's like Colbert and it's Tim Pro Probert. Oh, or yeah. Pro- could be Tim Probert. Uh, there's any number of ways that my imagination was thinking of going with this. So, Tim, can you can you set the record straight on on how to say your last name for us? Yes, absolutely. It is Probert, but I have gotten all of those at different points in my life. So, Probert <laughs> being the fanciest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, which one do you most prefer if it's not Probert? Yeah, I pretended to be Probert for like a while, um, <laughs> just for fun in high school. Yeah, I feel I feel like if you're gonna go with Probert. You need to be like in a tux and tail most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was when Stephen Colbert was really getting big. People started just calling me Pro Bear whenever they. <laughs> you know, I'll, just, I'll roll with it for a bit. <laughs> All the ten-year-olds who listen to the show are like, "Who's Stephen Colbert?" But I, yeah, I, yeah, Pro Bear. If I mean, it feels like it carries too much weight. You don't. Yeah. You don't need that kind of pressure. Yes. When, when, when you're going by Pro Bear, do you also call yourself an artiste? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on Withy Wendell. We are super excited to chat with you. We're big fans of Lightfall. Uh, Lightfall 2 is coming out like this month in April, right? That's right. April 26th. Lightfall we 2. cannot wait. I'm so excited for everybody to read it. So we're going to talk about Lightfall. Let's give you a chance to tell us about Lightfall 2 here in a minute. But, you know, we've got some important... Withy Wendell uh, questions, the, like the core questions that we ask on this podcast when we have a guest on. Graham, should we just dig into those first? Let's do it. Okay. So the most important question that anybody ever gets asked on Withy Wendell is this. Cheetos or Doritos, Tim? Ooh, Doritos. I was confident. Yeah. <laughs> um, no no dust. are dustier. You know, when you're drawing, you want to minimize the dust on your papers, mm. though. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a snacker while you work you know sometimes it's a problem uh, <laughs> i will i will eat as i draw because you just draw for hours a day and then it's uh you know the snacks show up and all of a sudden you've got i mean there's always coffee stains on all of my drawings but you know yeah. other stains as well very sweet <laughs> <laughs> so okay so you say doritos but are you just like are we, are we regular nacho are you cool ranch what any special flavors um, I think those two, the the, the original two, depends All on right. the, but I'll go original or I'll go Cool Ranch on those fancy days. <laughs> on those days when you're Tim Probert, the artist. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I remember I was, I was traveling once and uh, I was in a store and they were called Cool American. Um, I think I was in like Iceland and I thought that was the best. <laughs> I called them Cool American. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, that's hilarious. That's, a, that's amazing. What country were you in? I think it was when I was in Iceland, but I don't. Iceland. Yeah, cool American. Did it inspire any characters? 
the Doritos or Iceland? <laughs> cool, Amer- cool American Doritos from Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet, but maybe. It's still hanging around, obviously. <laughs> I can't forget. You, you mentioned coffee. Are you, so are you, you're more of a coffee than a tea person? Yes, I, I do love the coffee, although I'm drinking tea right now. Cause I'm trying to uh, maintain my caffeine intake these days, but <laughs> mm. well, then you're trying to maintain it or you're trying to limit it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Make sure it doesn't spiral out of control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Graham, do you have any food related questions that you want to ask? Yeah. So Tim, are you more of a savory guy or do you like your sweet stuff? Oh man. You know, I do have a serious sweet tooth. Um, and my wife's a baker, so it's it could be problematic. Ah. <laughs> you know, so you're an artist with living with a baker? That's that sounds like amazing. Yeah, I mean it's pretty great, <laughs> but you talk about like snacking all day. It's just <laughs> it's hard not to. There's always stuff around. <laughs> we uh, Tim, we have a whole like segment of the show devoted to our snacking. So yeah, we're in the, we're in the same place as you yeah, are. Yeah, snack time. It's like the first segment of every episode. So yes. So okay, what's your what is your favorite thing that your wife bakes? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, she mostly these days is baking bread, and she makes um, this one bread that's like an olive loaf with olives in it. Mm. It's uh, it's it's something else. It's really good. So that would fall into the savory category, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So you know, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Okay, Graham, do you see the poster behind his shoulder there? Is Totoro. That, is that a Totoro? What, what is that a Totoro? A, what language? It's in Italian. Il mio vicino. I can't. I can't really read it. I don't think. Yeah, il mio vicino Totoro. <laughs> Man, so are you? A, are you a Totoro fan? Oh, I love Totoro. Yes. Any kids who have not listened or have not watched my neighbor Totoro, like. Honestly, just turn the podcast off. Go watch that. Yeah. Set things to right in the universe yes. and then come back and listen to us. I mean, with your parents' permission, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so are you a big fan of, of, of like that movie, but also that world, like that, that creator, that artist and, and uh, that studio? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Miyazaki is like one of my favorite filmmakers, favorite storytellers, um, just in general. Um, I love all of his, all of his work. Um, including like, uh, the co- he did a comic called, uh, Nausicaa, which was like a, mm. a long form serialized, uh, comic that he did. And it's, it's something like 1200 pages total. It's this massive story, but, uh, that was like one of my favorite comics and one of my inspirations for like making my own comics. So mm. he, he's very, very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> you know, well, go ahead, Graham. Oh, well, I was just going to say this, this dovetails into one of our questions perfectly, uh, because we want to ask you about your favorites and also the things that inspired you as far as comics, movies, shows, books, either when you were a kid or or what's inspiring you right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure. That list is, it's so long. <laughs> <laughs> Can you narrow it down to 100 for us? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, all of the Miyazaki, his movies, for sure. Um, as far as like some of my favorite comics, I love Bone by um, Jeff Smith is like an all-time favorite. Um, and that was another big inspiration of like seeing this, uh, an epic story told in comic format and like how it grows and kind of expands as the story goes while also being like fun and funny and humorous. Um, so that was a big one. As a kid, I loved uh, the Red Wall books. I don't know if those are still like around or popular with the kids, but um, yeah. 
Uh, I love those. And, uh, and Dinotopia, which was another like favorite book as a kid. Um, humans on an island full of dinosaurs was like <laughs> I could imagine <laughs> as a seven-year-old. So as, now that you're like working as an artist and producing your own books, like what are you reading now for inspiration? Yeah, I, I mean, I still try and read read comics, but I read a lot of like um, kind of all over the place books, like historical fiction, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and like not very fantasy or comics related stuff. Um, mm. Like uh, this book, The Overstory, I read recently, um, which is about trees and life. <laughs> yeah, Richard Powers. Yes, yes, yeah. that was like one of my favorite recent books. Or. Um, Bark Skins was another one I recently read, which was the history of logging over like hundreds of years. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's so <laughs> probably really boring, but uh, um, I try to read stuff that's like outside of um, the style of work that I make. And I feel like it helps kind of keep my brain moving and thinking of different stuff and, and getting inspiration from, from different places. So you've got the second book coming out, or the second Lightfall book coming out. And when you talk about that, but we've got so many questions about your first one that yeah. I'm thinking like, can you give us a summary of Lightfall one for the kids who are listening that are new to your work um, or, or, or the, or the ones who are getting ready to, to, to read the second one. And they've mm-hmm. just kind of forgotten some of the facts of book one, you know, a number of reasons why you might want to give us a quick summary of what, what Lightfall is all about. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, so Lightfall is a, it's a, it's a fantasy adventure that features, um, the two main characters are B, who's a, a young girl, and Cad, who is this creature called a Galdurian, which are these like large, sort of amphibious-looking guys that have actually been extinct, or nobody's seen them in, in 500 years. And um, they live in this world that has no sun. It just has these magical lights that float over the cities and kind of give light and warmth to everything. And one day, B's grandfather goes missing, and she also happens to run into Cad, who was looking for her grandfather, and they decide to go off together to find him and they get into all sorts of adventures and uncover a little bit of the history of the world and learn about things that are going on and kind of get wrapped up into, uh, into this, this fantasy, fantasy adventure. Graham, you just finished this yesterday, right? I did. Yeah. So I bought it for my son, uh, probably about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, within a day he's done with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then it had, I just kept looking at that cover and I was like, man, I got to read that, man, I got to read that. Yeah, I should probably read this. And so, yeah, I picked it up. I read through it in two days. I'm yeah. not as ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely wonderful. Uh, your, your artwork is incredible. Thank you. Um, Thank you. There's so many frames from this that I would want on my wall. Um, Next to your Totoro poster. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so let's if well if we want to dive into some of the questions about Lightfall, this is probably a good time to do that. Yeah. While you're looking there, Graham, I've got one question I want to ask him because with the Totoro poster on his wall, like I when I first saw Lightfall, and it's on like we always have it kind of featured in the store. We have it facing out and all that. Yeah. I, I was I was struck by the sto- sort of Studio Ghibli or Ghibli or whatever it is. I know um, I don't say it either. It's <laughs> <laughs> the vibe that seems similar to Lightfall. So mm-hmm. is that like, you mentioned you love, you love their work. Mm-hmm. Um, was, do you, were you directly taking inspiration from Totoro and the movies like that when you were doing Lightfall? Or do you think that's more like subconscious? 
I mean, I think it was uh, subconscious and I think it's um, less that I was trying to um, take inspiration directly as it is that I love all the same things that are like in those movies and those types of worlds. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'm accidentally ripping off tons of stuff from its movie while, <laughs> while I'm doing it. But like these these lush worlds filled with like magic and like little mysteries around the corner and like different creatures and and stuff that just feels like very um, magically pleasant is, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like this. It's the kind of stuff that I love. So it definitely, you know, is is filtering in and, and kind of ending up in the in the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's pretty clear that the kids love it too. Like I have kids who come into our store. They've been coming in for seven or eight months now saying, okay, when's the second one coming out? Is the second one out? Is the second one out? <laughs> so it's pretty cool to see like when it's finally here, they're going to be gone in like five minutes. And then yeah. everyone's, you know, it's going to be, it's just cool to see how excited kids are. And when we find, you know, things that you can really recommend, like without having to worry about anything in them to kids of like a variety of ages, that's a, that's a pretty great find. So, well, Graham, you've got questions from kids, right? So, uh, Liam, who's 10 years old, he wants to know, mm-hmm. do you write the words or do you draw the pictures for the book first? Oh, first. So first I write the words. Um, so when I work, I, um, I write it out as a, as a script in almost like movie script format. Mm. So I'll write the whole book that way. And I'm thinking of the images as I'm writing it. And then I will start thumbnailing it. So I'll draw, I'll start drawing little, little drawings of the pages and, and little scenes and stuff like that. And then I usually end up rewriting the words as I'm putting them into the drawings. So it's kind of like mm. this, this back and forth. But yeah, I start out writing the whole thing just as, as words, as prose, I guess. And then do you, this might be a tough question, might be an easy one. Do you <laughs> remember the impetus for this story? Like, did you have an image in mind or a character in mind? Or was it, was there some specific thing that kind of springboarded Lightfall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, CAD kind of came out like fully formed. <laughs> um, and it was just a drawing I had done of him and then B. And she looked very different. But this idea of like this, this younger girl and this like big um, kind of goofy looking guy. Um, and so I had that drawing kind of sitting around for a while and I was like, who are, who are these guys? And, um, and I wanted to tell a story that was this kind of like big fantasy Lord of the Rings esque like story, but with, um, with a hero that was, um, anxious and nervous <laughs> and like a little bit worried. Um, cause I love the, so the, a hobbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. Or yeah. Closer to like how Bilbo wants to go secretly um but yeah he's worried about going um yeah. yeah but almost kind of inverting it in that bilbo or like b wants to go but is openly wants to go but is held back by being nervous mm. um so like kind of like dealing with the way that anxiety kind of prevents you from wanting to do things or or like holds you back from from going on adventures and stuff so i wanted to kind of incorporate that into a into a fantasy story um, and then it just kind of built out from there. How long did it take? Like you're talking about how you conceived of the story and like the process that you, that you use to create it, but how long does that process take? I mean, is it something so, where you're sitting on it for years and then you just 
whip it out over the course of three months or how does that work? <laughs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I had came up with the original idea like back in like 2014 or something. So like maybe eight years ago and I, it had been bouncing around in different formats for like five or six years before I, it became like a graphic novel. Um, yeah. But it had just been this story that was existing that I was always kind of working on on the side. And then once um, uh, I had made the deal for it to be a book and to be a graphic novel, that took me about two years from start to finish to make the first book. Hmm. Um, yeah, because I, I didn't know what I was doing yet. <laughs> so was the second <laughs> book any faster? It was. It was a little bit faster. Um, it was like 18 months, like a year and a half. That's good. Yeah, getting the hang of it. But um, so I want to, I want to, uh, I want to go back to um, B and CAD uh, and their personalities. Um, so one of the things that that makes the book so rich is their kind of contrasting personalities. You've got CAD, who's very kind of free and open to adventure and uh, brave in a way that sometimes feels reckless, mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got uh, B, who's who's obviously. Uh, kind of battling some internal uh, anxieties and things like that. So I was wondering, which character do you relate to? <laughs> oh man, I'm definitely B <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, B is who I relate to the most. But I have my cat moments um, of like, just, you know, doing something really dumb, and everybody's like, "I can't believe you did that." <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Um, so yeah, and kind of that idea that that um, neither of them is perfect, and they balance each other out. Um, so even though I'm a B and I want to be a cad, it's like cad's not perfect, and he needs to you know work on some things too, and you know everybody, and then they make each other better. So <laughs> did you say how old B is? Because that's a question we got. I'm trying to remember did, in the description. Did you just say that? Um, did I? I? She's 15. In okay. My- yeah. In your head. But okay. I don't it in the book. That's a, that okay. is a good... <laughs> yeah, that's one of the questions we got from the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's 15. <laughs> so if you lived in this world, if you lived in Irpa, this is a question that Jack asks. What mm-hmm. kind of creature would you be? We, so there's the question about which character you identify with, but what kind of creature would you be? Oh, man. That is a good question. Oh, well, so they're, they're not in the first book, but there are dragons in this world and nice yeah they are very cool so i think if i was anybody i'd probably be a dragon <laughs> wait hold on is that a preview of the second book yeah sorry there's gonna be a dragon in book two yeah yeah you heard it here first well i mean and maybe <laughs> yeah. anybody that's read as, the, the advanced copy <laughs> as far as we know you've heard it here. yeah first. right exactly exactly yeah. all right here's a question what animal is kip He's called the rat thief, but he doesn't mm-hmm. particularly look like one. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't. <laughs> what does a rat thief look like anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know he kind of looks like um, like a like a wallaby or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what he is exactly. He's just the rat thief to me. <laughs> you know, kids who haven't read the book are probably like, so is he a thief who is a rat? Or is he someone who steals rats? Steals rats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I do like that question, though. That's a very, preco- a very precocious six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a good observation because he definitely doesn't have a rat tail or rat ears. 
Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, Graham, ask that cat question. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the kids is asking, "Do you have a cat? Oh uh, yeah. You seem to you seem to understand cats well. <laughs> I do. I have I have two part cats. Yeah, I am a cat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I have I have two cats. They're they're around here somewhere. They're probably sleeping. But uh, Bo and Thor are my my two loyal cats. And uh, Nim is kind of a, a combination of those two in in one. <laughs> Did you say you have a cat named Bo? Yeah. yeah, I have a cat named Bo. Really? Is it short for anything? I mean, I call him Beauregard. But <laughs> <laughs> what's yours, David? Boethius? <laughs> no, ours is short for. His actual name is Tom Bombadil, but we just call him Bo. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> when we uh, when we adopted him, he was named Bowie, and that was kind of hard to say, so he just changed it to Bo. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. So there's a question here about you as a kid, and it, the question is: just, When you were little, did you doodle and draw all the time, or is that something you kind of came to a little later in life? I drew a lot. Yeah, I was always um, drawing. <laughs> you know, in my, in my notebooks and like on my homework and, you know, yeah. ask my teachers if I was done early, I was like, can I, can I draw? Um, and like writing stories and telling stories and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah I didn't know it's what I would end up, uh, doing as an adult, but, um, yeah, I was always doing it as a kid. So I feel pretty so when lucky. did you know you wanted to like do it as like, when did that happen? Like you got to do it as a career. Yeah. You know, I feel like rec- I feel like I'm still kind of realizing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to college for uh, for painting because I knew I wanted to like do some sort of art as a living, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. But the idea that I would get to to like make comics hadn't really occurred to me until really I I did this book. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I work in I work in animation during the day. That's uh, it's my day job. It's a uh, uh, art director at an animation studio. So I've like been telling stories in that world for like a while and to, to yeah. be able to paper is, is nice. Well, uh, you co-opted my next question. So it's <laughs> called a segue, Graham. It's called a segue. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Great job. Um, so you also work as an art director. Yes. Um, so can you describe to the kids a little bit like, what is that? And what do you do in that job? Yeah. Yeah. So I work um, at an animation studio called uh, Nathan Love in, in New York. And um, we make, uh, we mostly make commercials, but we also will do like other short animation stuff. So we're doing some stuff for Nickelodeon right now. And we've done some stuff for, for like some other Cartoon Network and, and things like that. But um, as an art director, my job is um, to draw everything that needs to be drawn. <laughs> <laughs> So when a project comes in, um, I will like design the characters. Like, what do these characters look like? Um, I will be the one who, who kind of draws them and designs them. Um, I'll draw storyboards, which are very similar to comics. Um, but storyboards are where you basically just draw an entire story in pictures as like a first step before you animate it. Um, so I will do that. They'll be like, we need to make this little... Uh, commercial for the kids choice awards here's a script and and then i'll i'll draw it basically um and then like painting and coloring stuff and and making stuff look pretty <laughs> that sounds like just a great job yeah it's i love it it's really great <laughs> okay so you work for an animation studio mm-hmm. you also are the creator of the series of graphic novels mm-hmm. so this raises the question you seem like you would be the perfect person 
to have your graphic novel series adapted into a movie or series. Mm-hmm. Is there any chance that that's going to happen at any point? Or are you sworn to secrecy? <laughs> Those are the only options. Yes, or I'm sworn to secrecy. <laughs> uh, it's not happening now. I could, I could say that. Uh, <laughs> people ask a lot. Uh, yeah. And uh, maybe. You never know. You never know. My goal is to um, finish telling the story in the books. Um, yeah. And then, you know, what happens after that? Who knows? Yeah. But, but yeah. I love that there are books that you can hold in your hand. And, yeah. and the story's not done. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So Lucy, who's eight years old, mm-hmm. she, can, she says she cannot wait for the second book and wants to know if there'll be a third one. So can you tell us anything about, um, do you have plans, like a certain number of books that you're hoping to make? Or is this just open and you're going to go as long as need be? <laughs> um, yes and no. I don't have a certain number, but it won't be endless. There is an end. I have an ending. I just, I don't know how long it will take to get there yet. Um, but I am writing book three right now. So there will be a third one. Um, and hopefully a few more after that. So. Yes, well, please. none of us live forever. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to drop that in this kid's spot. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Eeyore. <laughs> well, we we like to do this thing where we um, ask questions of our guests that, and try to stump them and make it make 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 them seem, um, I don't know, stumped. <laughs> I was I, I was gonna say ruin their afternoon, but you know we don't really want to ruin anybody's afternoon. Graham, do you have questions for Tim? Like, uh, how 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 much of a good afternoon is Tim about to have? He's about to have a great afternoon. Okay. I don't okay. know why why you have to posit it like this. So, uh, yes, Just for each chaos. guest, for each guest, or for uh, as many guests as we can, we like to create a kind of little quiz. Mm-hmm. Now, the quiz uh, for you, mm-hmm. Tim, is all about light. Mm. And it's a very, very, very serious quiz. <laughs> so make sure and put on your serious face first. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's a podcast and the kids can't see it. <laughs> All right. So here's the first question. All right. So the philosopher Plato theorized that we see by shooting light rays from our eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that wrong? True or, true or false? <laughs> True or false, would this be cool? Uh, absolutely true. <laughs> Dang it. He, ah, he got it. Tim Probert, the artiste, has shown up for this quiz. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> That's right. All right, you're one for one. Also, will right. that show up in a character? Uh, yeah, it should. <laughs> I feel like it's also, it's, it's Cyclops, right, from X-Men? Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Still, good point. Good point. Very condensed light, yeah. That's dangerous light. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, question X-Men, two. Noted the influence by Plato. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> question two. All right. Light bright. <laughs> the beloved toy which operates by pushing translucent colored pegs into a light box mm-hmm. first came to market in 1967. Now, the largest light bright ever made was by Tecumba Aiken of Minnesota, who created an abstract light bright mural 12 feet by 24 feet using almost 600,000 pegs. <laughs> okay. True or false? 
you could beat that. <laughs> Come on, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem that huge. Yeah, yeah, true. Thirty-six. Okay. Let's do it. Wait, Thirty-six it, feet. Do you have an estimate on like when this will happen? Yeah, ne- next year. <laughs> Forget that third book. Will this be live streamed or? I can make the book as a life right. It'll be great. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> great. Wait, Graham. What you didn't tell us what they made out of light bright it was a, it was an abstract uh, piece of art oh oh i see i see okay okay yeah. all right question three in our solar system we have our own giant lantern in the sky that gives the earth its light mm-hmm. okay so at the core the temperature of the sun is a staggering 27 million degrees well on the surface it's only ten thousand degrees but it, but that is enough to make diamonds boil mm-hmm. so question if a band were to adopt the name Boiling Diamonds, what genre of music would they play? <laughs> Boiling Diamonds. Oh, man, I feel like they're like, they're a punk band from the 70s. <laughs> okay. I was going to say ska. Oh, yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a correct... I, I was going for emo. I thought that was a, either an emo uh, well, or like it's a, related. Yeah. Thrash metal, maybe. <laughs> All right, last question. You're doing, you're doing really well. <laughs> Question four. Bioluminescence. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ability certain creatures have to produce and emit light, such as the firefly and the anglerfish, is irrefutably awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you could give one other animal this glowing ability, which would you choose? My cats. <laughs> <laughs> Just for like a nightlight or or what are we talking about? It'd just be a real conversation piece, I think. (laughs) Glowing cats. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it would also work for like animals that you don't want to be around, like glowing sharks or something. That'd be really handy if you're out swimming. I guess you'd have to be swimming at night, though. That's that's much more cool. The water's dark. (laughs) Oh, true. Yeah, of course. You know something about light yourself, David. I do. (laughs) All right. That is the end of the light quiz. I feel like you aced it. Great job. Thank you. I'm surprised. I studied. You studied? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Any other uh, questions here for uh, Tim? Well, you know, I think it's time to to move on to our uh, word of the week because we don't, Tim's got animation to do. We don't need to keep him all day. So we got time. And then, of course, we'll have, we have our, our closing question at the end. Which is just incredibly important that we that we that we actually do. So, um, okay. So this is the point at which we do our word of the week. As you know, if you've been listening to this season, you know that we we just decided to discard to um, go without the word of the week printer. It was just causing so many problems in season two, and so we had to come up with a new solution for season three. So I don't like I don't like how you're saying that. We didn't discard it. We we set it free. We, we <laughs> okay, that's true, but that's true because by the end of roam. season two, the printer did come alive. So, you, you, yep. yeah, well, we he's now perhaps deep in the heart of Irpa, um, <laughs> <laughs> just just living his best life. Um, so our, our word, <laughs> so our word of the week this season is well, I spent I spent the whole off season breading the Withy Windle word of the week dictionary and. Graham, tell the people what happened to the Word of the Week dictionary. Well, you foolishly uh, left it. That feels in accusatory. The 
Um, and the bookstore troll obviously gravitated toward it, found out what it was, took it with him into his room, yes. and is kind of holding it for ransom. Right, into the lair. I don't feel great about my mistake, okay? I don't feel great that I just left it out on the shelf. But the thing is, it's a bookstore, and I figured if there was anywhere safe for the Word of the Week dictionary, it was in the dictionary section of the bookstore. Anyway, he has the Word of the Week book dictionary now. And so what are we going to do, Graham? Well, I'll go see what his request or All demand right. is, All and right. then we'll, uh, we'll get that word. So just one second. Okay, so he he has a demand before he'll give us the word. So I have did, to go Tim, now. Find- did you know that bookstore trolls are extremely possessive and demanding? They're just the worst, honestly. <laughs> I would imagine it sounds like a troll. And, well, <laughs> fair, I don't know fair. if we should. I don't know if we should besmirch them all. Well, Our bookstore that's true. Troll, we only know this one. <laughs> not a great, not a great guy. That's right. Like Tim Probert seems like a great guy. Haven't met all the other Tim Proberts in the world. <laughs> Might not be as good. True. It's true. They're a bad lot. <laughs> all right. So in order for him to give us the word, I need to go find a Rice Krispie treat uh, with gummy worms on it uh, to give to him. So uh, I'm sorry, guys. Hold on for about 45 minutes to an hour. I will be back. <laughs> all right. We're just going to chat. All right. All right, David. Here you go. So how did so he's like how long did it take him to eat that rice krispie treat? I'm not sure. I, I think he he closed I, the door I, on you. He closed the door very fast. Okay. All right, Tim Graham, are you ready to write down the word of the week so you can write a definition? Because let me tell you, this is going to be a word that you're going to need to write down. You're not going to be able to remember this one. So are we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is how you spell the word of the week. K A K O R R H A P H I O P H O B I A. That was deeply satisfying that, that it was even numbers there. Okay, so the word of the week is Kakora Phyophobia. Kakora Phyophobia is what I'm going to say that, that that reads as. K-A-K-O-R-R-H-A-P-H-I-O-P-H-O-B-I-A for the kids who are trying to get that again. Kakora Phyophobia. This doesn't seem real. <laughs> it's a 100% real word as far as I can tell. Okay, so we're going to take a minute. We're going to write down what we think this word means and we will be back in just a second to share the real word and uh, see how it compares to the definitions that we come up with. We are back with our definitions, or at least what we think the definitions are of the word Kakora Phyophobia. Kakora Phyophobia. Unless one of you has a better pronunciation for it, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. All right, Graham, as is tradition, you're going first, then I'll go, and then we'll let our guest go. So, what do you think Kakora Phyophobia means? Yeah, thank goodness I'm going first because it's, I can get this out of the way fast. <laughs> um, okay, so Kakora Phyophobia which is the fear of Kokorify, which everyone knows is when you shoot light rays out of your eyes. <laughs> Say that again. It's the fear of shooting light rays out of your eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, fair. 
it does like especially if you've never done it before it sounds like it'd be yeah, pretty terrifying i mean i didn't realize that there was a name for this phobia that i've had for years but <laughs> i'm glad to know it <laughs> it's always nice to have words for the things that you're experiencing right yes okay i so i think that kokorophobia is the fear of the glowing creatures that might accompany you on an adventure deep in an unknown land so you know you're going on an adventure in a place you don't know and there's the possibility that there could be glowing creepy creatures out there and it's the fear of coming across them something you got to overcome to go on your journey that's good that's good tim what do you think it is well i didn't i thought it was actually the name of something and i thought it was the name of a volcano that is in the very center of the pacific ocean Oh, that would be a good name for a, for for a, uh, it for a volcano. It does sound volcanic. That's true. Okay, let's see. The real. I'm going to uncover the. I'm going to scroll down on the screen here so I can actually see what this means. Kokora phyophobia is a noun. <laughs> this, <laughs> the description here. This is what they say. Just trying to spell this word will induce the vi- that very fear. Imagine if this was the last word you had to spell at a spelling bee in order to win, and then you misspelled it. You'd probably never get over your feel- fear of failure again. It's seriously terrifying. Kokorophobia is the fear of failure. Oh, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, okay. So I do have this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We all just suffered it. As- what, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. exactly. What a difficult name for something so ubiquitous. Yeah, I know. Just call it, why can't we just call it fear of failure? So speaking of fearing failure, Tim, do you have any advice? This is our last question. Do you have any advice for the young writers and the illustrators who are listening to this podcast who want to do what you do or something similar when they get older or just love to tell stories and draw pictures? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the best advice is also, it's kind of the simplest, but it's to, it's to just start doing it, start writing your own stories or comics or drawing your pictures. And then, um, you know, like show people, I think it's great to, to not hide them away, but like show your friends, show your family, see what they think. Um, you know, uh, and the more you do it, the more you will practice and the better you will get at it. Um, so every time you do it, you'll be learning and you'll be growing. And I think it's, uh, you know, there's no time like the present to just start start doing it. So you're saying don't let the kakorophobia get in the way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right. And Tim, so lastly, uh, we like to end the episodes um, by having our guest challenge one of their author or illustrator friends to come on to this podcast and have to go through the gauntlet. Uh, with David and myself. Set aside the kakorophobia. <laughs> yeah, it's therapy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anybody in mind that you think would enjoy uh, chatting with us? Or yeah. that you want to torture? Yeah. <laughs> Who do I want to torture? Um, do you guys know the, the illustrator Chuck Gronick? Chuck Gronick? I'm pr- pronouncing his name wrong. Totally. <laughs> I uh, don't. He's a children's book illustrator. Yeah, he he lives up near by me. And I've met him and he's a very sweet man. So I think you should torture him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So wait, you want us to torture him or you want us to have him come on the podcast? I mean, you know, a little bit of both. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) 
Well, we hope this wasn't too much of a torture for you, Tim oh, yeah. Probert. Tim Probert, we right. appreciate your time. We appreciate your work, and uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It was it was a joy to be here, and uh, I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying the book. So that makes me really happy. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Graham, it's time to reveal the answer to last week's riddle and then tell a new riddle. I told last week's riddle, so I've got the answer to that one. Yeah, I was hoping you had the answer to that one. I actually just made it up and don't know the answer. Just kidding. So then you you have a riddle for this week, right? Yes. Okay, let's do last week's first, of course. And in that one, a man went on a trip with a fox, a goose, and a sack of corn. He comes upon a stream, which he has to cross. Well, there's a boat, but he can't fit all of them into the boat at the same time. He can only take uh, himself and one other of these items, the sack of corn, the fox, or the geese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He knows he can't leave the fox alone with the goose or the goose alone with the corn. So how does he get safely over the stream? What do you, what do you think the answer oh, is? I was you, just do, confused. I, I it's, it's dawning on me that this was last week's riddle. That's where I've heard this. I thought it was some weird dream I had uh, about these you've just go- been, like, geese, dreaming and about geese and foxes. And I don't stuff. know if I like it, but it happens. So. Oh, well, okay. Yep. It came from this uh, riddle. I think he builds a bridge and, and doesn't worry about the, the, um, the boat. Uh, that is one solution to this problem, but it is not the answer to this riddle. Okay. Because he does not have an unlimited amount of money, time, or resources. All right. Hit me with this answer. Okay. So what he's going to do is he's going to take the goose over first, and then he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Sails over with the goose, comes back. Then he's going to get that fox. He's going to take the fox over. But you know we can't leave the fox with the goose. So he's going to uh... grab the goose and bring it back with him. Then he's going to take the corn over. And leave the and goose. leave it with the fox, and but leave the goose where the corn was. Bring the corn over, and leave it with yeah, the fox. The foxes don't, don't he's care gonna, nothing. Ah, about I know, right? Yeah. And he's gonna bring. I mean, the corn's not alive. And he's gonna bring the uh, go back, get the goose, and bring it over. And then they're all three over safely. It it makes sense. It works out, right? Checks out. Checks out. You did the math, mm-hmm. and it checks out. Clever. Uh, you know, it's an unusual problem to have, but unusual problems. Uh, are best solved by particularly clever people. Yeah. This particular farmer, clever guy. Still want to know why he's got a fox hanging out with him. And that's a very well-behaved fox to just be hanging out with the goose and the the man. Yeah. I imagine he's got the fox on a leash or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe he has a muzzle. I don't know. But he needs a better boat. If he can only take one thing across, and one of these things is a goose, the goose and the fox together will sink the boat. Listen, man, uh, I didn't make it up. Oh, I know. It's just it's not my story. You know, the I, uh, I assume it's a true story. All riddles come from true stories. True. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got? What's your riddle for this week? All right. Are you ready for this one? Been ready. Okay. A boy. What's his name? His name is Morton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not Norton, but no. Morton. Okay. At Morton Morrissey. Born Morrissey, okay. All right. He, uh, when he was uh, six years old, okay. he, he went out, you know, he likes to spend some time outside. Yeah, six-year-olds. You know, walking into the woods, mm-hmm. happens to be carrying a hammer and a nail just to see, you know, I mean, you never know. Well, you don't know what you're going to need. You never know what you're going to need. He comes across a big tree. Okay, as one does. He decides, I'm going to take this hammer and this nail okay. and use it. To determine my height. Okay. So he stands. Um, he stands with his back up against the tree. Okay. Puts the nail above his head. Hammers it in. Takes a step back. 
Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we got a kid standing against the tree with his back to the tree. He puts a nail into the tree and he's hammering up against his head? <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't he just mark the tree with the nail and then turn around and hammer it? Okay, he did that. <laughs> that For seems the sake dangerous. Of liability. <laughs> This is what he did. Okay, I got it. Okay. He takes, he, he puts his back against the tree, puts the nail above his head. Okay. Turns around. Okay. N- keeping the nail where in the it exact was. exact spot. Got it. Okay. Hammers that it That seems in. much more safe. That's what he does. Okay. Ten years later. Okay. He decides. He's 16 now. He's going on another walk. Yeah. He hasn't walked since. <laughs> Why? Because he kept hitting himself in the head with a hammer. No, you can't. <laughs> He's walking along. He happens to go back into these woods and find this exact tree. Okay. Okay. This is 10 years later. Okay. Okay. If the tree grows five centimeters each year. Okay. How much higher will that nail be? Mm. It sounds like a math problem. Maybe. This is interesting. So if, the, if it's 10 years later. 10 years later. Five tr- centimeters a year. How much higher will the nail be? This is a tricky I get the riddle. feeling it's not as obvious it's as it seems tr- on the surface. Tricky riddle. Of course, Graham gives a tricky riddle. So that is the riddle this week. If you have an answer, email us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. You will be entered into the drawing that we're going to have at the end of the season based on everybody's uh, right answers to win a book bundle. That's right. Podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. Graham, you know what this brings us to? The end of the tooth episode of the threeth season <laughs> of Withy Wendell. It's a sad moment, but all good things must come to an end, mm. at least for a week. We're going to have a great guest next week. Secret for now, but you will, if you tune in, discover who that guest is. I cannot wait. You will also be able to hear us talk about the threeth and the fourth chapter of the Phantom Tollbooth. Make sure that you tune in for that and make sure you're reading along. Plus all the other shenanigans here on Withy Wendell. Graham, is there anyone you'd like to say hello to? You know, I, I'd like to say hi to Santa. <laughs> and I, I've been thinking, I was thinking Santa a lot. Slide. I was thinking yeah. a lot today. No one ever asked Santa what he wants for Christmas, you know? That's a great. You know what I bet he wants? Santa slides. Santa slides to be a little wider and a little less fiery. <laughs> That's. We is can that all, too much to is ask. Is that too much? It might be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, truly. That's a lot of chimneys that have to get rebuilt. I know, I know. And Jonathan Oxier would he have to rewrite Sweep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go work on my plans to widen my fireplace. I don't know about you, but... I'm going to make mine smaller. You can make smaller. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We should probably go and, and uh, just end this conversation because it's going nowhere fast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks so much for, for participating. Be sure to leave reviews. Uh, wherever you subscribe and get get podcasts and be sure to tell your friends for now that's it this is the end of withy window 3.2 graham say goodbye goodbye goodbye